Welcome to Trainers Talking Truths. This is an ISSA podcast dedicated to exploring the fitness industry and uncovering the whys and hows of personal training. To do that, we'll talk directly to the industry experts and certified trainers. We'll dig into fitness programming, business tactics, nutrition, and more. You'll even hear from current training clients who offer insight from the other side. We've got the fitness industry covered, so turn up the volume and enjoy the drive. Hello, world. Welcome back for another ISSA podcast, Trainers Talking Truths. It's your co-host, Jenny Scott, here with my, my not one and only, but my favorite podcast co-host, Dan the Man Duran. How are you, Dan? Uh, well, I'm better now that you have reaffirmed that I am your favorite. <laughs> Every time. Uh, and, and I am fired up. I am really excited. Our next guest, I had the opportunity to meet over 10 years ago. Nice. And or somewhere around there, 10, a little over 10 years ago, we partnered up at an Idea World Fitness Convention in a workout. And I can't remember who it was. So maybe Maria can tell us if it was Peter Twist. It might have been Peter. No, she's saying no. Who was it, Maria? Um, keep thinking. It's a fire, it's a powerhouse. Ah, I don't remember that. So so we partnered uh, up. We we Pat had a Oh, it was Todd Durkin. Okay. So we're in Todd Durkin's workout. We had a great time. We got to know each other. We ran into each other over the years and, and she'll be able to tell you about what she was doing at that time. But I can tell you, she wasn't the CEO of a big, beautiful club. So it's been really fun to watch her trajectory. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, I know Dan will give us a little intro, and then, of course, we want to hear from Maria as well. Um, in this episode, I do want to preface this, you guys. This is not about just girl power, go ladies, right? This is about somebody who overcame a lot of different obstacles um, and busted her butt to get to where she's at. So I'm super excited for, for you guys to hear her story. Um, Dan, you want to give us a little intro? Yeah, absolutely. So Maria is a Colombian native who moved here to the U.S. in 1998, and she did not know any English. So despite the language barrier, she built a successful career starting as a lifeguard and eventually becoming the CEO of Club Fitness Greensboro. She's a former national level competitive swimmer and water polo player. Her lifelong passion has been in fitness and helping others. She currently serves on the board of trustees of Cone, Cone Health. I don't think yeah. that's right. Yeah, Cone Health was recently elected as one of the newest URSA board of director nice. members. That's huge. And serves on several boards of local nonprofits and the Community Advisory Board of Trust. Wow, that's a lot. Maria, how the heck did you go from arriving in the U.S., hablando puro español, not speaking any English, and then becoming the CEO of a big, beautiful club? Well, it has been a journey. <laughs> it has been um, in a beautiful and fun and, you know, bumpy journey um, all along the way. So, you know, when, when I said that I didn't speak English, you know, I said yes, I say no. Um, I said, hi, my name is Maria. Nice to meet you and nice to meet you too. And probably like a few words here and there. And that was as far as I went. So language has many venues, right? You know, and, and when you don't speak a language, um, there is a lot of limitations. But then I think you learn how to communicate with a smile, making eye contact, um, seeing people. And I think, you know, as we are more and more connected 
through our phones. You know, we don't have, you know, like these conversations as we used to have before. I find that maybe it was a challenge, but then maybe it was it is a huge strength of mine because whenever, whatever I go, you know, I want to seize people's, you know, like eyes. I'm looking for those eyes, whatever they are. I'm smiling to them. And I hear all the time, they're like, Marie, are you always happy? I'm like, why not? Sure. Yes, I am always happy. It doesn't mean that there's, you know, difficult times, you know, at times, but we want to make people feel seen. We want to connect with people. And I do that now. And I did that when I did not speak the language. So um, that I would say like that was probably the start. Um, I know we're going to be talking a lot of things, but, you know, like here in Greensboro, there are um, many different communities. And I have to say that when I have the, I don't know, I'm I'm just going to, I'm just going to go for one, um, the Koreans, for example, Um, when I was doing membership, they would always look for me and people were like, do you speak Korean? I'm like, no, I don't speak Korean, but I try to connect with them. You know, I try to um, read what they are pointing out to, you know, at times it may be hard to understand, but, you know, it was hard for people to understand me too. And it's just like, how, how bad do we want it? And how hard are we trying to understand others? So yeah, I, I let's let's just begin with that. It has been just super fun to break through the language barriers. So, and that's fascinating um, uh, how you did that, and and I can attest to the fact that you definitely smile with your eyes. How did you go from arriving here and getting into fitness? I, I distinctly remember uh, conversations with you asking for tips on swimming. So you clearly went into the swimming and water polo. Uh, in fact, you were the one that told me how nasty it gets under the water. So how did you end up going that route and then eventually into fitness? So I grew up as a competitive swimmer. I play water polo. I belong to gyms since I was, I have been you know, like part of the gym world since I was 11. Um, So that has been my life. I went to school for accounting. So it was fascinating to go into math classes, accounting classes, low classes. And people were like, why are you doing this? Like, why are you not going for sports science or physical education? And I'm like, oh, I love numbers, but maybe one day I will get to like combine my two passions. So when I was in college, my swim coach asked me to help him out with a swim lesson. And I was just like, no, I'm not good with kids. And he's like, help me out. I'm in a bind. I need a warm body. And I'm like, okay, one time only, that's it. Well, one time only, I was 16. I will be 45 this year. And I have not stopped teaching. And I will not stop teaching. Um, So did a lot of like training in Colombia. I did a lot of courses and um, I was connected when I moved to the States. I was connected from um, the the league in Colombia to a swim school in Miami. And they said, you know, like you need to connect with them. It was a couple that um, he was an ex-Olympian from Mexico married to a Colombian. So I 
reach out to them. And I said, you know, I, I was given your name. I'm very interested to learn from you. And he said, do you speak English? And he said, no. And he said, well, great. Study uh-huh. English for a year and then just come and sign up for one of our courses. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I mean, like, I, I love when people tell me now. I You just don't know. I'm like, I want to have all the no's in front of my life. Because when someone tells me no, that means that I'm going to find a way to get through that. So as soon as I was told no, I went into the website of the Red Cross and I signed up for the course. And I was just like, you know, like, I just cannot sit down. I cannot just sit still and wait for a year while I'm taking English classes, which I still did. But then I signed up for the class. So I showed up like weeks later. And um, he was like, I thought you were not signing up for the class. And I'm like, yeah, but he was a lifeguarding. I'm like, how hard can that be? Right. Like, and I'm like, I can get in the water. I can do like the pre-swim. I can rescue anyone. You know, (laughs) the part that I didn't count on was um, the testing part. You know, like you have all these multiple choices and when you don't speak the language, everything looks the same. So um, it was like several attempts to like pass that lifeguarding test. And then um, at the end, he's like, let's just do it verbally. And then you just like have to like answer them. And that's how I got to pass my first American Red Cross lifeguarding in the States. And he said, just because of your personality and just because I said no and you went for it um I would love to offer you a job so (laughs) (laughs) beginning (laughs) nice that's awesome and then how did you work your way you've been part of a lot of different organizations and like board of trustees and you're with Ursa now like lots of different things and just forgive me for not knowing this like it's separate from your regular job obviously and is it just like a small time commitment like monthly or quarterly or something to that effect Some are, some are not, you know, I think, you know, like depends on the organization, depends on the needs of the organization. So some, some may be, you know, monthly, some of them may be quarterly. Um, I'm invested in people. So uh, for me, just everything that I have received um, has been you know, just opportunities, connections, you know, like people helping me along the way. And I find that it's almost like that's what I owe to my community, what I owe to the um, industry that has given me so much that if I have the opportunity to serve, if I have the opportunity to help, inspire, um, I will do it. So. Of course, you start with one and then one leads you to the next one and then everything goes. And for me, it's always finding what are those calls or what are those um, services and organizations that are doing something that is meaningful to you? Mm-hmm. I have never served or volunteer um, just to like have a list on my resume. I don't do things just to feel spot you know I, I think for me I'm um committed and when I am serving I I'm invested and I don't do anything halfway so 
you know, it is a sacrifice, you know, and a lot of times people would may think, well, I just don't have enough time. You know, I'm very busy. I have my job and I have my family and I have to do all of these things. But, you know, like we are in an industry where we tell people, well, you will find a time. If you really want to do it, you will find a time. And that's what I do. Sometimes I'm like, um, well, I wish I would have more time so I can give more time to other things. But um, I I think right now I'm pretty, I'm pretty full. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like it. Do you remember the first community organization that you started with? So um, the first um, program that I did before I started serving on on a nonprofit was a program um, led by the Chamber of Commerce. And normally, like any of the Chamber of Commerce around the country, do you have like leadership programs? So here in Greensboro was Leadership Greensboro. And it was a nine-month program. Then after I finished the ninth month program with like 44 leaders in the community that were from different um, industries, I was elected as like, it was four people that were selected to be like the program chairs for the following year. But then, so I went kind of like through another leadership Greensboro, but more from the planning and organizing um, side. And then after that second year, they said, okay, so now what, how are we going to use those tools um, that you just learned to impact your community? So like connect with organizations that you are passionate about. And then I had people saying, oh, Maria, there is this nonprofit that works with immigrants. I think you will be great for it. And we were doing an event here at the gym. We were doing like a, maybe it was a luau, something. We had like margaritas. And, you know, I was like the person out in the parking lot calling people in. And I was just like, okay, everybody just come. We have free margaritas (laughs) at the gym. And then people are like, so you're telling me not to work out and come for margarita? I'm like, well, just only one day. Just come (laughs) and have fun. Um, but the the interesting part was that one of those members was the executive director of that nonprofit that many people had mentioned. So I said, oh, so by the way, what do you do? And he said, well, I'm the executive director of um, this nonprofit that helps immigrants and, you know, like newcomers to the community. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. So you have these white men. Um, that is so passionate about helping uh, people like me. And then, so if he's doing that, what about me? What am I doing, you know, like to also help my community? And it was just like, almost like everything aligning. And I said, well, the name of your organization has come many times, you know, like into my lap. So it was just meant for us to meet in a luau day at the gym. So <laughs> so um, that was the first one. And uh, from then, like I said, it has been an involvement with many different ones um, locally. That's awesome. I love that you said that it takes one and then you meet the right people and then you move on to the next one or you start adding other organizations that you work with. And that's, I love that we're talking about this, Maria, because so many people obviously are going into fitness. They listen to our podcast that come through ISSA. They want to go into fitness to coach themselves 
coach other people, but you are living proof that there's other ways to be involved in this industry and help make change, influence things, right? Whether it's, you know, changing processes or inclusion and things like that. There's lots of different ways to get involved. Um, you're actually, I'll be honest, you're the first person on any of these boards that I've ever spoken with. So that's why I'm like picking your brain about like the process and what you guys do, because you guys are the change makers. You guys are the people who impact a lot of the decisions that trickle down to those of us who actually train people on a daily basis or who run, you know, fitness clubs and programs and stuff like that. You guys are the change makers. So it's really cool to, to learn what you do. Absolutely. I completely agree. And, and we all have a place um, in this equation, right? Like, you know, like, so not everybody will have a seat on the table where decisions are being made. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like if that is ever of your interest, you you should like do everything in your capacity to get there. And I am leaving proof that anybody, anybody, even someone who came to this country not speaking the language can make it happen. So when when anybody comes to me and I'm like, of course you can do it. Like just go for it and and connect with people and ask the questions and get involved. And it is not only about us, it's about everybody else. And I feel that at times we always have to remember that 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 should be our main goal and all the other things kind of like fall in place when you are sincere, when you are caring, when you are um, loving, when you want to be the best ver- like version of yourself and you continue to grow. And it's just, you know, like it, there's no ball effect, right? Like it just continues to grow and there is no limit. You just keep on going with everything that you can do. Big announcement today for the ISSA community. ISSA has partnered with Dynamic Fit Pros to help you start and build your online health and fitness coaching business. Enroll into the Online Fitness Clients 2.0 program, and you'll learn how nutrition and fitness coaches build their online businesses and make over $3,000 a month in recurring revenue in just five weeks. How awesome is that? ISSA members get 50% off the program, and you can also access the exclusive deal in your student portal. This program has been tested and proven by hundreds of coaches just like yourself. You'll learn how to create a high-ticket online offer, get your first paying customers, and generate over $3,000 in monthly recurring revenue in just five weeks. The program also gives you the resources needed to turn your business into a five-figure payday with skills you've already acquired and without the need for a website, paid ads, funnels, or trading time for money. Just imagine you have the knowledge to help transform people's lives And now you'll have the skills, confidence, certainty, and belief to build and scale your online coaching business to create even more income, impact, influence, and independence. So if you're interested in learning how to build a profitable online coaching business, separate yourself from other coaches, and play bigger, then hit pause, go to the show notes, and enroll to see all the details. Keep in mind, ISSA members get 50% off the program, but you can also access the exclusive deal inside your student portal. It's going to be awesome, guys, and it's a great investment to learn how to build multiple skill sets and create more income, impact, influence, and independence as coaches. All right, back to the show. Love it. Wow. Wow. So, Maria, I I can't say that I can relate because I did not have a journey like yours, but 
I've heard my father was an immigrant just over 50 years ago, came to the United States from Mexico, spoke absolutely no English. I know that there were a lot of challenges that he had to overcome. Uh, somehow he met my mom who spoke no Spanish. So we'll just kind of leave that to your imagination. And then I was made. But uh, but with those challenges, coming into a country, not knowing the language, entering the fitness industry, and it's primarily male dominated. And I'm not saying that to like, you know, uh, like Jenny said, to, to create any riff here. I've, I've worked in it. We've all worked in it. Mm-hmm. I go to meetings in it to this day. It was just in one last week where we were discussing why are there so many men? Why are there so few women? Because Rex uh, Women's Leadership uh, Group was there. And, and there's only six in that group. It's like, wait a minute, where, why aren't we building this up? So what can you share with us about the experiences you had being Latina, being, you know, uh, learning the language and a female entering into a pretty male dominated industry? What kind of challenges would you be willing to share with us? Um, So let me start that um, even though I grew up in Latin America, a third world country, I grew up in a family, you know, made economic, you know, like, you know, that we didn't have a lot, but we were not poor. We always had food on the table. You know, my parents worked very hard to give me and my two brothers um, the education, you know, opportunities that they did not have. But my parents always embraced my personality. I have always been from really early on pushing the boundaries, like looking for what it was next. And I was never told, no, you cannot do that. So I grew up, you know, in a small neighborhood and we had a very small swim team. And at 11, I said, I want to go and swim in the biggest swim team in my city. And that meant that, you know, I had to like travel where they were swimming. You know, at times my dad could take me, but at times I had to take like two buses to get there. And, but none of that was like, a hold, right? Like, so, and from there, like school, same thing, like, you know, I wanted it to go to the school or I wanted it to apply to this. And they were like, okay, they were always supportive. So I've never in my life heard, no, you cannot do that. So I take that as the foundation of my life. And yes, I do agree. I am very um, supportive of women and women leadership. I'm very supportive of small communities, you know, like having a representation and having the inspiration for them to find that they can also do it. But I also find that we all need inspiration. We all need someone who can believe in us, no matter what gender, no matter what race, no matter our social economic we all need that belief and support um, some more than the others. But I think it's when, when you have that, you know, could be your, your family, could be your school, could be mentors. Um, that is extremely important. So challenges, um, of course, I have faced them all along the way. Um, people have questioned my um, capacity of doing things at times, you know, and that could be from swimming, you know, and I could probably have been the most qualified 
person from my personal experience, my personal um, training, all the trainings that I had gone through, but because maybe I spoke with an accent or I didn't speak the language um, clearly at that point, you know, I know those comments were made or the eyes, you know, could tell what the person was thinking at the moment. Um, jokes probably have were made as well. But that personally, I'm, I'm not I'm not talking about anybody else but myself. That is not a step for me. I mean, like that is their own hold. If if someone does not want to swim with me and have their kid learn from all the experience that I have, too bad. You know, like it's okay. Amen. They can go with someone else. And there are people out there for them that it's not going to define me, that it's not going to tell me that I cannot do something. And if I cannot do it, I will find a way if that is what I really want to do. So, yes, there have been roadblocks. Yes, there have been people that have doubt or they are people who doubt what I can do and that it's okay. That it's their problem. It's not mine. And like I said before, I actually like that. I like testing. I like challenges. I'm not afraid of them and I am ready to take them down. So I am extremely competitive. I am driven. Um, and I also don't find that because I am a female, I see myself as less off, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, I, I find that there is so much, so much potential of the strengths that we have as women and the strengths that we have with men. So for example, I have great mentors in this industry and outside of the industry that they are all older people. They're, they're male, they're female, they're from other races. Um, but when I find something that it's, um, that I admire, I will reach out to that person. I will put myself there. Um, and I will have the time just to ask them questions, you know, like either get on a call, get on a zoom call. Now that we have zoom, um, invite them for coffee or for wine or for whatever they want. Um, you know, and just like start connecting with people and get to know people at a more at a personal level. And I have, I have to say, I have been just blessed because everybody that I reach out to has been open to have a conversation and to help me out. So, and like I said, I, I don't have a restriction. I, you know, I play water polo with guys and, you know, I'm okay with that. I, you know, I am the oldest of three and I have two brothers. So I just have never have a limitation of being in a room of men that are, you know, at a really high level, because I know I bring something to the table that is different of theirs or, or their capacity or their point of view. And I just think that it's just beautiful that we can, you know, like all have our strengths and um, try to figure out something together. So, yeah. But I think with that being said, um, I do want to see more women 
in leadership positions. I don't want to, I don't want to be like, oh, but you are the first female or you are the first female Latina or mm -hmm. no, I, I, I think we need just to build up, you know, a, a full workforce of well-trained people, people that they are not afraid of anything and that we are finding that talent that is just going to help us move our industry where it needs to go. Well said. Yeah. So is there anything, I just want to ask, is there anything that you're doing like with URSA, um, your community advisory board, um, any of these other boards that like geared towards that and getting more, not just females, but like people who are maybe just starting out, anything like that to incorporate more people into that leadership structure that you guys are working on? Um, so for with Ursa, you know, I'm brand new. I actually will just start um, my term as a voting member in July. Nice. So they just, um, you know, in San Diego was when they elected the new four board members and me being one of them. So um, that is early on. Um, I, I have to say last year I connected with a Latin American uh, forum, and I have had the opportunity to connect now with a group of people that I did not connect before, and um, they are everywhere in Latin America. So you know, when when I think about not even only like Colombia, but you know, like other countries in Latin America, my hope is that we all create those connections where these stories are being shared, that people feel that they can reach out, that people can email, contact us, um, that I can connect people with other people, depends on what they're looking for. So these conversations need just to happen more. We mm -hmm. need to find what are the talents that we have within in, and then just find connectors, which I love to connect, you know, like people with other people. So this person is looking for just to expand their franchises. So now I'm thinking, oh, this person is doing it really well. You know, you need to connect with this person or I am starting as a trainer or as a swimming instructor or as a lifeguard or I am at the front desk, right? Like, you know, like we have like all these amazing talent that comes either in our studios or the challenges that we all face, no matter how big or how small our um, spaces are. We have gyms, we have studios, but in a way we all are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's just like, how can we help each other? You know, at, at many times people see each other as a competition and I'm like, we are not, I mean, yes, we are competitors, of course, but on the other hand, like we're not doing a really good job because we are competing for the same small group of people instead of trying to go and reach out all of these people that need all of our helps and all these people can be filling up our clubs, our studios, and we will still need to create more because we have so many people that they're sitting down, that they don't feel inspired, that they feel afraid, that for whatever reason, they just have not connected and found that exercise is important in their lives. You know, I love that. So yeah, I love the connections piece too. And I try and do that myself. I can't tell you how many times I've seen trainers like in gyms that look miserable and I just go strike up a conversation with them. And I might be able to hook you up with a different job or something that'll make you happier. Um, so I love that you're bringing that up. 
Um, but speaking of new people to the industry or somebody maybe who's in the industry and maybe isn't in their right spot, they haven't found that place there, they feel like they belong yet. Do you have a like a piece of advice or two that you might give to somebody if they walked into your office and was like, Maria, what should I be doing? You know, in the fitness industry or anywhere, we have to do what we love, right? So we cannot be. I'm I'm gonna say this, and probably like some people are gonna be like, well, I don't agree with that, you know. But um, we cannot be in this industry because I just want to be popular, or you know, I mean, like yes, you can, of course, you know, but that should not be the main reason, you know. Like mm-hmm. our main reason of this industry is to change, like help people to change their lives and and live their best life. You know, and and if it's about you, I don't know. I think there may be other industries that can help you, you know, feel greater, but, you know, or better or however you want to say it. But to me, like the importance of doing what you love, it's key. If you are doing what you love, no matter how big or how small your job is, it's going to be a happy place if even during those times that it may be challenging because there is not always, you know, like these beautiful days, right? Like there is rainy days, there are storms, there is everything, you know, like in, in the midst of everything that we do. But because I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm just going to just keep working through it. Um, and the other one is just give your best. Don't do anything halfway if um if you really want to be the be the best version of anything that you do if i am at the front desk i'm going to connect with every single person that comes through the door i mean now i know things have changed you know but before i will shake hands i will give hugs i will still do that because i i am like a very like latina woman that loves to like um, feel that connection. But um, I just think that all of that, it's the connectors that they're going to make you so good into anything that you do. So if I start at the front desk and I'm already making that connection, but really my goal is to become a trainer. When I become a trainer, all of those people were my friends already. Yeah. And because we build a relationship, because we build trust in a way. And I'm going to say, oh, do you want to come and try one of my sessions? Guess what they're going to say? Of course, I would love that. You know, and and it's just that part to me, I think it's sometimes it's overrated. But we are in an industry that relationships are so important. Mm -hmm. And it is not just like, oh, here's my card. Here's my card. At times we may have to do it. But if you can connect, I, I said to people, I said, like, at times I may be like in the pool, I, I just, the water, it's my element. So I may just be in the water swimming or just like watching people and trying to fix their stroke while they're swimming, um, but without them knowing, of course. Um, <laughs> and at times, like, you know, like I may see the grandmother coming with their grandkids that they're visiting, right? And I may see this of the child, like trying to go under the water because they're getting water in their nose. So I will come to them and I said, 
And I think then this was kind of like our conversation. We're like in a dinner and I'm helping him with his swimming. Yeah. Not even yeah. in the pool. Like that, that, that's what I always do. I'm like, I'm teaching swimming out of the water. I'm like, just make sure that your head. Yeah. And it helped. Definitely. With your arm. So I will go to them and I would say, um, can I ask you, why are you like pinching your nose? And they're like, oh, I'm getting water in my nose. So I will just give them some tips. Right. And then right away, we'll be like, oh, Maria, do you think you have time for some private lessons? And it is not even that I'm looking for that, right? But for people who are, it's just like, if it just comes from you, like of like just helping them out at that moment, like you don't know how powerful that is. That will help you to build that clientele that you're looking to build. But but if it is just only transactional, if you want to talk to me, like, you know, my, my fee is this, and I am fine if that's your style, but it is not mine. And I, I have to say my success has been built on that, on relationships and relationships with people and just very, um, I don't know, sincere, I would say, or I'm, I'm trying to look for the word. It's just, um, even like organic, I'm just, you know, it, it, it's just, it comes not from something very structured. It's just, you know, I'm here to help you. And of course you're going to want it to work with anything that I do, because I care, I care about you and I want you to be successful. So why wouldn't you do business with me? Yeah. Wow. So in kind of a, a summary, the advice for the new trainers out there, number one, don't make it about you. If it's going to be about you, try a different profession. It's it's about them. It's about helping. It's about caring. Number two, don't do anything halfway. Go full out. If it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. And number three, it's about relationships. And that ties into number one. It's about caring about people and building relationships with those people and finding ways, if appropriate, that you can serve those people. So very well said, Maria, kind of a recap there for the listeners. There's a theme here, folks. There's a theme here. If you've been tuning into our podcast for the last couple of years, you know, there's, there's several themes and this is one of them. So Maria, if you were to look back to your younger self, just coming into the U.S. and getting started, is there anything that you would do different, advice you would give yourself and go, you know what, do this a little bit different that might have helped you overcome any, whether they're obstacles, and I know you don't like to look at them as obstacles, but let's just say it would have helped you achieve what you wanted to achieve faster. So when when um, my husband and I, we moved from Columbia to the States, we lived in Miami and Miami, it's a very Spanish dominating city, right? So it was kind of like a transition, you know, it was a bridge, um, to acclimate to a culture and and we went there just because that's where his family was at and I was going to school for to learn English and I was studying like eight hours a day and then you know like you will go out to a restaurant and you're trying to like use a few words that you remember and then people will like reply back to you in Spanish right away so one thing that um, that we did after living in Miami two and a half years, and I don't know if I will change it just because I'd, um, I was able to like learn from the swim school that I learned at, but I have to say the decision that we made at 
when we were there for two and a half years was we need to leave Miami because we're we're not forced to speak English, right? Like, you know, and you always fall for whatever is easier. Yeah. So we said, we, we need to look for a new place. We need to look for a new home and then probably a place that does not have a lot of people that were going to speak to us in, um, in Spanish. And everybody thought that we were crazy. They were like, I mean, like we didn't had many savings. We didn't know other people in other places. We kind of like had connections, but, you know, so we were leaving family. We were leaving the jobs that we kind of like had already started like growing with. Um, and we were just starting all over again. And at that point, like really, we're going to be forced to speak English. And we came to Greensboro because one of my husband's friends from school was visiting someone. So he didn't even live in Greensboro. And um, we were like, well, this looks like home. You know, it has mountains. We are from the mountains. Uh, first time ever seeing snow. And we're like, this is beautiful. This is the place. We applied for an apartment and within a month we were here. But I have to say, if we would have not made that decision, maybe the outcome of where I am right now would have been very different. So my idea for myself and for anyone is that at times we're going to have to make decisions in our life that they feel scary, that they feel uncomfortable, but that those will be the only ways that you're going to be able to grow and be the best version of yourself. So as scary it may sound at times, just jump, take the leap and do it because it's worth it. Like just being uncomfortable is not a bad thing. As a scary, like I'm like I have to say at times with things that I have said yes to, like my legs may have been shaken, you know, underneath the table where nobody saw it. But um, but then then later on it became okay. And then, you know, it was like you overcome that that challenge and you're like, okay, what's next? And what's next? And then you just keep, you know, overcoming one after the other. So, so yes. <laughs> I love that. Be fearless and take chances. Very cool. Love it. Love it. Maria, where can our listeners reach out to you? I want to find you on social media. Do you have social media anywhere that our listeners can reach out to you, find out what you're doing, hear from you? Yes. So um, (laughs) I do have social media. Like I have like Facebook and Instagram on. I am on, um, on LinkedIn. So, you know, like with the um, few Maria Gonzalez's on Facebook, just imagine. (laughs) Good luck. Um, <laughs> but um, I can just share all my, you know, like platforms and, you know, anyone who it's interesting in having a conversation, has questions. Um, I am open, available. We will find a time. This is just um, an industry that has given me, um, I would say, so much my whole entire life from athletics, from sports, from discipline, from learning, from coaches, from uh, teammates. Um, So many people who have inspired me. I love sports. Um, And now I just get, you know, like to go into the other way, which is like giving back and 
not not necessarily has they have to be athletes, right? But you know, like just the opportunity for us to impact people that maybe didn't even have the opportunity to do sports growing up. So um, you know, for trainers that are out there starting, you know, like you guys have an amazing opportunity to make a change in anyone's life, you know, whatever whatever age you like to work with, whatever level you want to work with, we are human beings and we have the opportunity to impact the life of someone. Well said. Take us home, Jenny. Yes. Well, Dan, did you have any last words for our listeners today? I'm going to summarize something that uh, I, I really enjoyed hearing from Maria. And you've heard it before. If it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. So when you've got that big, hairy, scary thing in front of you, just jump, just go for it. Just go for it. And uh, even if your legs are shaking, they'll stop shaking. Well yeah. said. Yeah. Um, a lot of what you said today, Maria, resonated with me. And I love that. And I love that um, you've become such a leader in this industry. And again, you're a change maker and you're, you're at the table and that you're willing to reach down and help other people get there too. So I absolutely adore that about you. We'll definitely share your social media information on our uh, description for our episode so people can follow you, find you, maybe find some leadership groups and things that you're a part of, or at least uh, look at look to you as a mentor because I think that you'd be a phenomenal mentor for anybody who's interested. So thank you so much for joining us and for your time today. Well, thank you both. Thank you both for, for your work, for what you're doing. And, you know, this is... We need, we need all of us, right? Like, you know, alone, we can do so little, you know, like together we can achieve so much, just like um, Helen Keller said. So, you know, like right now I'm reading a book and I think just to, just to, you know, like just brief you guys, um, it's called Multipliers. I don't know if you have, um, if you're familiar with that book. No. Is Liz Wiseman, but it's how the best leaders can make everyone smarter. And it's just, you know, we need to have not one person. We need to have an army out there uh, making a difference. So we need all of us. So thank you for your work. And thank you for having me today. Absolutely. And that was a mic drop moment for sure, Dan. So good. Yeah, yeah, several of them. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully you are inspired. Go back, re-listen, but take your advice. Um, Base that thing down and and get, get after it. Um, But we encourage you guys, go out there, do all the things. We tell you every week, go out there and do all the things. But of course, make good choices. We'll be talking to you soon.